Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Pop Icon the Podcast. I'm your host, David, the host of Pop Icon Radio, every Tuesday from 8 to 9 in the morning, live on the Alternation Radio 90.7 WKGC. We talk pop culture, we play pop music, and we have an all-around good time. Uh, Hey, how's everybody doing today? Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, we got a hell of a show for you today. If you guys already don't, be sure to check out Pop Icon Radio on Instagram at Pop Icon Radio. Uh, you can keep a little bit up to date with the show, what I got going on. And I usually talk about the stories that I'm going to talk about on the podcast on there, like a little bit beforehand, usually when it's going on. Uh, but yeah, like I said, we've got a hell of a show today. We're going to be talking about, we got all types of drama with Halle Berry. We got everything going on with freaking, we have everything going on with Britney. We've got some Millie Bobby Brown drama. And Lord, you know we had to talk about it. Everything going on with Jada and Will and her whole like news cycle going on right now because she's releasing a book. Um, so we're definitely going to get into it. Um, but yeah, to start the show off this week, we are going to begin things with our Billboard Hot 100 uh, Top 10. So to start things off, I guess, uh, get into it. So this week, y'all... Something crazy happened. Seven out of ten of the spots are, like, taken by one artist, and it's not even one that I like. Yeah, I know. Uh, so let's get into it. Number ten this week, we've got Fear of Heights, Drake. Uh, number nine, we've got Cruel Summer, Taylor Swift. At number eight, we've got uh, Daylight, Drake. At number seven, we've got Snooze, SZA. At number six, we've got Slime You Out, Drake featuring SZA. At number five, Calling For You, Drake, 21 Savage. Uh, number four, we've got Paint The Town Red, Doja Cat. Uh, number three, we've got Virginia Beach, Drake. And number two, IDGAF, Drake featuring Yeet. Is it Yeet or Yeet? I don't know. Uh, sorry. Uh, number one, we've got First Person Shooter, Drake, J. Cole. Um... I don't know how I feel about that, dude. I already told you guys my feelings on Drake a couple of weeks ago. He's kind of annoying. Um, I know that he just put his newest album out that has sold like close to 400,000 copies, I think, which is great. Congratulations to him. But like, I just like, I can't take you seriously if you're like bopping a Drake at this point. Maybe back in the day. Now, not so much. Um, and then also a little bit of Drake news. Tell me why his kid has put out, like, a little song and video. And I have to be honest with you, it was trash. It was garbage. It was, like, the worst thing I ever heard in my life. Um, but it's okay. It's from a six-year-old or a five-year-old. I don't know how old Adonis, Drake's son is. But Drake obviously spent close to a million dollars on it, just production value. So that's great that he, like, did that for his son. But I'm over here, like... This shit fucking sucks. Um, so, yeah, we can jump into the box office top 10 of the week uh, for the weekend of, I believe it's the uh, 13th through the 16th. Uh, so this week we got number 10, we've got Dumb Money, 900,000. Number nine, we've got the Equalizer 3 at 950,000. Number eight, we've got The Nun 2, uh, 1.6 million. At number seven, we've got A Haunting in Venice, $1.9 million. At number six, we've got $1.9 million bringing in. <laughs> At number six, we've got The Blind, $1.9 million. At number five, we've got The Creator, $4.3 million. 
At number four, we've got Saw 10, 5.6 million. At number three, we've got Paw Patrol, the mighty movie, <laughs> 6.8 million. That's crazy that's up there. Uh, number two, we have got The Exorcist Believer, 10.9 million. And at number one, with $92 million, Jesus Christ, Taylor Swift, the Eras tour. Um, congratulations to Miss Swift. I'm really shunked that she like got that done. Uh, actually, no, I'm not. I'm not surprised that her fans got her an extra hundred million dollars, like in her bank. Well, she didn't get a hundred million dollars, but she probably got like ten million dollars, like to put this film out. So, congrats to her. I'm happy for her. Maybe a little jealous, um, but you know what? Get a girl. I'm proud of you. Uh, with that being said, we can jump into a little bit of pop culture news. So, I guess to start off the show this week, we can get into a little bit of, like, Halle Berry slash X-Men news. Um, if you know me, you know that I love, like, a few things in this world. Like, I love the Scream franchise. I love the X-Men franchise. Um, I love the Real Housewives franchise. Bravo. So, I'm always going to try to throw, like, a little bit of something in there relating to that. So, this week, we've got a little bit of Halle Berry news. Um, so, Matthew Vaughn, who was the director of... X-Men First Class, he did Kingsman, um, he quit X-Men The Last Stand back in 2006 after discovering a plan to trick Halle Berry with a fake Storm script that would be tr that would be trash after she signed on to, re like, to return. What? So, Matthew Vaughn recently revealed at New York Comic Con that he rejected an offer to direct the sequel after discovering a studio executive's plan to do deceive Halle Berry into reprising her role as Storm. Uh, one of the main reasons I quit X-Men 3, and this is a true story, Vaughn said, I went to an executive's office and I saw an X3 script. It was a lot fatter. I asked, what is this draft? They were like, don't worry about it. So I grabbed it and opened it to the first page. And it said, Africa, kids dying from no water. And Storm creates a thunderstorm to save all the children. I thought it was a pretty cool idea, Vaughn continued. I said, what is this? They said, this is the Halle Berry script because she hasn't signed on yet. This is what she wants it to be. And once she signs on, we'll throw it in the bin. <laughs> oh, he said, I thought if you're going to do that to an Oscar winning actress who plays Storm, like I quit. I mean, yeah. How dare they do that? That's like crazy to like try to deceive one of the, one of the stars of their film, like with a bigger role. They probably do that in Hollywood all the time, if I'm being honest. Uh, but it sucks that they did that to Halle Berry. She, they always try to come for her. Like, just a couple of weeks ago, we talked about it on here. Drake, like, was being really disrespectful towards her. And so, like, to find out, like, that now they were, like, trying her back in 2006, like, the disrespect. I don't appreciate the audacity to go after her like that. Um, Matthew Vaughn, I'm interested that he, like, put that out, too. Like, interesting. Yeah, I'm, like, really interested, like, that Matthew Vaughn, like, put that tea out there. But at the same time, I'm, like, I wish whenever people did put this out there, I wish they'd be, like, and it was fucking John John Doe at fucking at Miramax or something like that. And put their motherfucking asses on blast. I'd be, like, why would you do that? Like, make them have to explain themselves. I don't know. So, yeah, that's a little bit of uh, Halle Berry X-Men news. We can jump into our next story. <sighs> 
so this one's like a bit of a doozy. So it's about Millie Bobby Brown and her experiencing an unexpected feminist awakening. What? So the Stranger Things star, who is 19, revealed in her Glamour UK Woman of the Year. She's Woman of the Year. She's 19. Uh, cover story published Monday that she discovered she was a feminist after a psychic told her that she was. Um, so after the session, Brown recalled searching, how do I know if I'm a feminist on Google and reading books and articles on the topic to understand the idea of feminism and what it means to me. Ultimately, feminism is about opportunity. She discovered in her quest for more knowledge on the topic. Um, Brown said she founded her production company PCMA with the aim of providing opportunities to girls and young women, uh, the theme is feminism. She told the outlet, uh, so that's great. Um, that she's like, I guess, <laughs> I guess that's great that that was her awakening. Um, I wish she would have like, I wish she would have like had, <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to say here. What a, w what a way to find out that you're a feminist. You go to a psychic and they're like, and by the way, you're a feminist. And I'm like, uh, me? You think I'm a feminist? And then like, just to like to research and be like, oh wait, I totally am. That's kind of amazing. And that's something that maybe you can only do when you're 19. So I'm curious to see how all of this goes. Millie Bobby Brown, um, the gays used to like come for her like really bad, like on Twitter and stuff. And like said that she was like homophobic and make these like really funny memes. She's not homophobic, I don't think. But they would always like say that she was like trying to run over gay people with her car. Um, so that's kind of crazy. Um, and like I said, what a way to discover you're a feminist. And then also what, what, uh, what a great woman at 19 years old to be considered woman of the year. There's so many other women in the world and they picked a 19 year old woman. So that's great. Um, glamour UK, uh, very interesting. So we can get into, I guess, a little bit more news that's going on right now. So we can talk about Britney Spears, I guess, and a little bit in tea that's going on around her life. Um, so we have just recently found out that Michelle Williams, who is known from Dawson's Creek, Halloween H2O, she was from Brokeback Mountain, she was married to Heath Ledger back in the day, uh, she will be lending her voice to the new Britney Spears memoir, The Woman in Me. Uh, so the five-time Oscar-nominated actress will narrate the audio edition of The Woman and Me, which is Britney Spears' upcoming memoir. Um, the pop icon... Ah! The pop icon will record an introduction to the audiobook while Williams will lend her voice to the rest. Sorry, I was reading this, like, article on damnpeople.com. They said pop icon, and I got, like, excited. Uh, so the book has been a labor of love and all the emotions that come with it, Spears says in a statement shared to people. Uh, reliving everything has been exciting, heart-wrenching, and emotional, to say the least. For those reasons, I will be only reading a small part of my audiobook. Spears adds, I am so grateful to the amazing Michelle Williams for reading the rest. Okay, <laughs> I love that. So congratulations to Michelle Williams for doing that. Britney Spears is getting her voice out there. And so she actually did like a people cover story like in her own words where she's like finally getting to like speak a little bit. Um, so I'm happy to hear about that from her. So she says that over the past 15 years, or even at the start of my career, I sat back while people spoke about me and told my story for me. She says, after getting out of my conservatorship, I was finally free to tell my story without consequence from the people in charge of my life. 
She goes, it's finally time for me to raise my voice and speak out. And my fans deserve to hear it directly from me. She says, no more conspiracy, no more lies. Just me owning my past, present, and future. You know what? We're all really proud of Britney Spears. I think that we all are, like, worried about her sometimes, like, with the dancing videos and stuff. But I think for the most part, I think people just want to see her happy. I want to make sure that she's, like, safe for the rest of her life because they know that she's, like, gone through some really awful shit. Some people are, like, weird, though. Like, the whole... I get the whole Free Britney movement, which kind of, like, helps push things. But, like, some people take it too far and, like, take every little thing and, like, think that something, like, nefarious is going on. So I don't love that for her, but I love that she's finally getting to take control of her life. I think I just saw that she was on vacation with, like, a couple of her gays and, like, Puerto Vallarta or something like that. She was just, like, whooping it up. If she fucking met Vicky there, I would scream. What if Vicky and Brittany became friends? Oh, my God. I can't even. The the When one mother meets another mother, oh, my God. So I'm obsessed with the idea of that. Britney Spears, I'm always in your corner. I'll always fight for you. I'll fight my ex for you like I did. <laughs> one time we got into a really bad fight. We almost broke up because of it because he was talking shit. Uh, so, yeah, that's a little bit of news. We can jump into our next story. So this next story is also like really kind of just like kind of funny to me. I don't like to delve into politics uh, for the most part, but like what is going on with George Santos and the fucking baby the other day that he was carrying around? So on Friday afternoon, George Santos, the New York representative whose tally of alleged federal crimes is now up to 23, was spotted screaming in the hallway of the Longworth House building uh, or house office building. Um, and it appears Santos was being accosted by pro-Palestinian protesters. Um, but there's a little bit of a twist here. Santos was holding a two-month-old baby when all of this went down. Um, so I like kind of like I saw this on Twitter because somebody posted this a user on there, Matt Rice, posted George Santos just left Tim Burchett's office with a baby in his arms. When asked if it was his baby, he said, not yet. I <laughs> I screamed. I said, this motherfucking Rumpelstiltskin motherfucker, like, what is going on with him? Like, why is he always in the middle of some shit? And then, like, I watched the video, and he is screaming at the top of his lungs. He is queening out. He is, like, he is giving it his all. I'm curious to see what's going to happen with him. Like, is there going to be any type of repercussions or anything like that? Because for the most part, like, I think that he's, like, He's just go to Capitol Hill, just in his little blazer, just, like, do his thing, carrying babies around. I think, come to find out, it was, like, one of his, like, staffers' babies. I don't know like that, but that's, it's funny to me. And he's, like, screaming. He's, like, I had a baby in my hands. And I was, like, whose baby is it then? I don't know. Weird, but also hilarious. Um, We can jump into our next story. All right, so this next story is also, like, a little strange. I don't know how I feel about it. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about this. So, Kel Lowry, who we know from Teen Mom 2, um, ingested her placenta in smoothie form after secretly welcoming son Rio last year. Um, so, the Teen Mom 2 alum shared an Instagram video on Monday of her mixing the organ in a blender before showing off the finished product in a mason jar. Uh, Lowry, 31, also showed off the artwork that she and her partner, Elijah Scott, made on their kitchen counter with the placenta and paint. Uh, many of the former reality stars followers praise her for the freaking cool use of the placenta in the comments section, while other squeamish social media users begged her for a trigger warning. 
Um, the former MTV personality gave birth to her fifth child in November of 2022, but kept Rio's arrival under wraps until a Baby Mama's No Drama podcast episode in July. Uh, although Laurie did not directly confirm baby number five at the time, she referenced watching a television show which premiered in November of 2022 while in the hospital having one of her kids. On Friday, Laurie finally revealed Rio's name and sex in a People interview and said, uh, I wanted to be able to tell my story on my own terms. Uh, she explained about her secret. See, people are announcing it for me. And so at this point, I might as well just talk about it. Why? Why did she even hide it? Like, isn't that the whole point of like these reality stars? Like they get pregnant and they like talk to People magazine so they can get paid like two grand for like a cover story. Uh, I don't know how I feel about that. I guess she got the cover story eventually, but, like, I don't know. Like, she could have, like, gotten spawn con, like, her entire pregnancy. But maybe she doesn't want to do that. Maybe she's made enough money. She just, like, doesn't want to deal with the drama of having to, like, post and be like, oh, my God, I got this new mixer today or some shit like that um maybe she just wanted to enjoy her pregnancy without having to have the cameras around because obviously she's been on camera for the past like however many years of her life 2022 i think that show started in 2009 13 years she had her children on camera maybe she wanted to keep this one off camera so i don't know maybe i get it but i don't know that's kind of weird i don't want to see your fucking smoothie drinking shit that's strange um that's probably offensive to somebody too like great sorry about it i didn't mean to um, but like, it is kind of like weird. You're like showing it off. You're like chugging it down. I don't know. Is it good for you? Like, is there a purpose in it other than like trying to like shock your Instagram followers? Like, I always thought that's what it was. Like, it was just like something to like set you apart, but maybe there's some type of like benefit to chewing it up and sucking it down. Blech. So I guess one of our last stories this week, uh, it's not going to be our last story. We've got one really big last story. Um, but before we get into that, we can talk about Miramax winning the TV rights to the Halloween franchise. Um, so after a heated bidding war, Miramax production company has scored the production rights to the television uh, rights or has scored the television rights to the hugely popular Halloween franchise, which are controlled by Trankus International Films, which is run by Malik Akkad, who I think maybe his dad was like Safa Akkad, who did like the first movie. I don't know. Um, Miramax Television has signed a wide-ranging deal with Trankus to develop and co-produce a Halloween television series, which also includes a first-look agreement on other television products for... Uh, international market piece okay that's cool i guess i don't know the new halloween series is envisioned to potentially launch a cinematic universe spanning film and television uh okay don't we already have that like i don't know i don't know i'm kind of excited about it. i'm always excited about new like horror content but at the same time like what are they going to do that's different from it? Like, Rob Zombie just redid this, like, a couple of years ago. Like, are they going to go in a different direction? Maybe they should do, like, a more modern take on Halloween. Maybe that could be interesting. Maybe we just, like, unlock something there. A more modern take on Halloween. Like, make it, like, the anthology series, like, that they were meaning to do after the first original two movies that came out. That could be interesting. I would like to watch that. Um, I'd like to write on it, too. Shit. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, that's all I have for that news. We can get into our final story. 
Oh, and I guess before we jump into like our last story of the day, we can get into a little bit of news. Um, the film Eileen, a twenty twenty three American psychological thriller film directed by William Olroyd, uh, starring Thomasin McKenzie and Anne Hathaway, has released a trailer and it looks really good oh my gosh um so it is set in 1960s boston and it trails a parasitic relationships between two women working at a juvenile detention facility um so it says i'm reading the wikipedia right now it says in 1960s new england eileen dunlap is working at a prison when a captivating glamorous counselor arrives and helps her access new facets of her personality but may be drawing her into something much more dangerous I guess it's a book from Otessa, Otessa Mosfe, um, who I think I've, I don't even know if I've talked about her on here, but she did the book, My Year of Rest and Relaxation, um, and Latvona. Uh, yeah, she's a character. She's very controversial. Some people love her. Some people hate her. Um, I'm probably going to have to check this out, though, because now I'm really interested knowing that she did that. And I love Thompson McKenzie. She's so fucking cute. And also, Anne Hathaway looks like little cunt in this um so it looks fun we'll see how it goes and finally let's get to the like blockbuster like the showstopper news of the week that like kind of has like gotten everybody on pause um and it's just like this whole like jada pinkett smith like news cycle that's going on right now so for those of you that don't know jada pinkett smith has released a new book entitled worthy um where she just gets down to the nitty-gritty and tells everybody like the real tea on what's going on in her life what has been going on and what is going to be going on so she starts out she tells um jada pinkett smith says that she knew that she was pregnant within seconds of sleeping with will um so she like tells a story in this book about how she like she hooked up with Will and she turned to him immediately and was like, I'm pregnant. We're having kids. And she started crying. And she's like, I don't want to have kids. Like, but they had kids together. So that's great. But that was interesting. If that would have been it, I'd been like, oh, that's whatever. Um, but next thing we know, Jada Pinkett Smith says that Tupac proposed to her while he was in Rikers. Um, so while Tupac was locked up, I guess he proposed to Jada Pinkett Smith and they were not going to get married. She did not want to get married to him because from her perspective, she said that as soon as he got out of there that he was going to divorce her. So she didn't want to do that. So yeah, you know what, whatever that's, you know, news. Um, next Jada Pinkett Smith reveals Tupac had alopecia. I'm like, wait, what? Like, now you're getting into it too far, girl. Um, the girl strip actress who publicly announced that she was diagnosed with alopecia in 2018 revealed that the All Eyes on Me rapper also suffered from the autoimmune disease that causes hair loss. Um, she says, I don't think Tupac ever talked about the alopecia he suffered from. Uh, Pinkett Smith claimed that Shakur's uh, hair loss problems began after police arrested him for jaywalking in Oakland, California in 1991. After he was in Northern California with the police officers that beat him up, he started losing his hair, Pinkett Smith recalled, and his alopecia patterns were far more extreme than mine. So it's just like, it's just a lot of oversharing, but at the same time, like she's releasing a book like she's talking about what's going on in the book i guess but maybe leave a little bit of that for the book like is she leaving any stories in there i don't know um she also reveals that her and will smith have been separated together for the past seven years um so she doesn't know why he got up and he attacked uh 
Chris Rock. I can't even remember what that fucking guy's name was. That annoying guy, Chris Rock, and like smacked his ass across the face at the Grammys. Controversial take. I didn't think it was that crazy. I'm like, oh, maybe he shouldn't have been talking about the guy's wife. But she's like, we've been separated. So like, was that his wife? And then at the same time, they were married. They're not getting divorced. She's talking about getting back with him. Like, I don't know. They, a lot of people are like mad at them. They're like, they're ruining the sanctity of marriage. Like the view, like I heard the women on there going off. I was like, whoa. Like, you're taking too much into this. Like, maybe, like, disengage from it. Like, you don't have to, like, you don't have to, like, look into that shit. I don't know. Um, so, Will Smith has reacted to all of this. Um, everybody's like, what is he going to say? What is he going to say? And he, like, says what, he, what any fucking guy that is, like, with his wife is going to say. He goes, when you've been with someone for more than half your life, a sort of emotional blindness sets in. And you can all too easily lose your sensitivity to their hidden nuances and subtle beauties. If I had read this book 30 years ago, I definitely would have hugged you more. I'll start now. Welcome to the Authors Club. So it's like he is, like, accepting, like, shit wasn't always right. She also talks about the fact that she did not want to have children with him. Like, she did not want to be married. Like, why are people mad that she's, like, sharing stories about her life? I don't know. I'm not that mad at her. A lot of people are, like, thinking that she's, like, the devil. And I'm like, I don't think that she's the devil. I think she's just, like, a woman, like, living her life, living her best life, trying to live her best life. And I don't have any problems with it. Like, I was listening to Heather McDonald's podcast, and she was just all like, I never liked her. She just, she was so small and both so big, and she would always just, like, boss him around. I hated that. I was like, shut up, Heather McDonald, with your bitch ass. Um, but, yeah, that was it. That's my big Jada Pinkett Smith news cycle uh, news this week. We can kind of wrap the show up. I also got to get onto some assignments because I'm a little behind in my illustrator class. So I'm going to get onto that. Uh, but thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you guys already don't, be sure to check out Pop Icon Radio live every Tuesday from 8 to 9 on the Alternation Radio 90.7 WKGC, the Alternation Radio.com, the TuneIn app. Um, and uh, yeah, I appreciate you guys so much. And we will see you next week. Have a good one. Bye.